0: Hi, I'm Kurt posted from 99% Invisible, and you're listening to BFF.FM. BFF.FM. All this obscure music is making my head spin. Best frequencies forever and forever and forever and forever and forever and forever forever forever.
1: This is Helen Zaltzman, and you're listening to BFF.FM.
2: doesn't even want me to be playing this right now because she's just playing around on our console but i was listening to her mix and that was
3: pretty good
1: I'm a
4: 咯
2: BFF.fm. This is Send for You. It is a cold Thursday evening in San Francisco, but I have a very special guest here. Please introduce yourself.
0: Hello, everyone. I'm Ben.
2: Great radio voice, I just want to say.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's my first time on the radio.
2: It's your first time on the radio, first time at BFF, and we've been meaning to make this happen since maybe 2018
0: 2019 but yeah oh, 2019 that's true. and i gotta say this is my first <laughs> time seeing the place it what is do you think? it is a special place i i've never seen anything like it i love it it's great here
2: oh i'm so happy to hear that um right before we were on air usually with a new guest i'll do a personality test so basically we have this now repository of people that have taken this test and uh but before that you said that you were reading something really interesting and i think our listeners want to hear about it too
0: oh man well i'm only about halfway through the book so far Uh, it's called uh, drunk flies and stoned dolphins and it's about uh essentially nature's use of mind-altering substances so I think everyone thinks about you know puffer fish or like dolphins using puffer fish to essentially have a good time you're kidding and that's a that's a real thing yeah um but the book, they
2: rub them and get the poison and yep. they get high off of it yep just is it for pleasure or is it well, like a medicinal
0: it, that's a very good question the book explores it in some some great detail Uh, But, you know, we can never really tell exactly what animals are thinking and and what they're trying to get out of it. Uh, It talks about sort of the medicinal element of of some of these chemicals and how, like, a lot of animals will eat various plants, specifically when they're sick. And it tends to make them better from what we can tell. Oh, my God. It's it's a fascinating area of science. Uh, But, I mean, it also talks about some of the more... uh, Recreational uses that it, that it appears some of these animals have. There's like documented evidence that koalas, koalas uh, can get addicted to alcohol or, or or tobacco. What? Yeah, koalas, koalas, and the, and it has something to do, I think, with their affinity for eucalyptus. And, I was uh, just thinking of the eucalyptus diet. thing. Yeah, yeah. But
2: one would think that beer, a fermented substance, tobacco, a dried. A farmed and dried substance. So is it the interaction, the human interaction? They're coming <laughs> into like human habitats and they're getting this?
0: I, it's really funny. The author actually described a, a situation with essentially a pet koala. Somebody had you know, way back in the day where <laughs> the koala would start like sucking on their pipe like like a, an actual tobacco pipe. And would just get aggressive if he wasn't allowed to have <laughs> that. Or or literally, like, a, a shot of bourbon before going to bed. What? Yeah. Yeah.
2: This whole book is just anecdotal, like, stories of people being, like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there's some of that. I mean, there's also a lot of, like, actual, like, scientific theory about uh, how humans... Th- there's a, one theory that humans essentially became... What we are today because of our use of these substances. It's the the stoned ape hypothesis. It's actually a thing. I don't know how much credit that gets in the scientific community, but it's a thing. Um, what does it posit? It, it posits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let me let me try and explain. Well, it it posits that essentially the use of we don't know what chemical or what substance essentially gave us the ability to think the way that we do and evolve the way that we did I really don't know if I can explain it much better than that um, You think
2: that it had, not you think Ben, yeah. I guess the book has a theory that utilizing mal- mind altering substances would contribute to maybe our brains growing
0: Potentially I mean I think there's a very strong argument that that beer actual beer uh, played a big part in turning us from hunter-gatherers to essentially farmers. What? Why? So everyone says that we became hunter-gatherers, or excuse me, became farmers instead of hunter-gatherers because that allowed us to get more calories for, le- for less work. We are able to support larger populations and society to evolve that way. Others posit that in conjunction with this increase in calories, There's also this, this urge for inebriation (laughs) or this, this desire to have a mind altering substance as well. And beer is ethanol is essentially the most common of those. It's historically almost every animal uses it. I mean, can't, well, I don't, I don't know that. I think a lot of animals have access to it. A lot of animals can have some effect of it and like beer or or barley or whatever it is to make beer or beer. Uh, was a big part in the first steps of becoming.
2: I wonder if there's like a Darwinian reason for it. Because according to that, every, you know, any action, anything that we took was in furtherance of our own survival or all natural species. And so if species over time, like over the course of evolution, were utilizing these substances... It had to have contributed to our survival. If even recreationally, living beings need to relax.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there may have been some medicinal element. And I'm not saying go out and drink a beer and, and you'll, you'll feel better. I don't know if that's going to really help, but uh, I, I certainly think it, it's a desirable feature. That's ways. a
2: cool topic. You have time to read about this on the weekends?
0: it's it's whenever I'm walking around like oh your audiobook yeah it's all audiobooks so I wish I wish there was more free time these days I think everyone's busier and busier as as that treadmill of society always increases in speed and it's funny how that relates back to what we were just talking about because you know as we became agricultural we we started to have less free time in our day and it Hasn't gotten any more free time ever since.
2: Which is interesting because the reason why, you know, man becomes farmer is that, okay, if we domesticate these, you know, these plants, they'll work for us. My money is working for me or my labor is working for me. When in fact, it actually created, like, life never got less hectic. And I've been thinking about this, about... Not that I'm the first person to ever think about this. I was just thinking I was working late and I was just like just surrounded by screens and there's too much technology and dumb content and all of this. And I'm just like, all of this was meant to make our lives easier and better. And we're like the most stressed out generation or the most hectic generation has just like never gotten any easier. And all of these tools and our reliance on tools from like sticks and stones to iPhones are supposed to make our lives easier. And they so certainly have not.
0: No. And I think one truism that that really applies here is the more you have, or I guess, let me rephrase that, your possessions own you. The the things that you have are are maintenance. It, It requires more. So you know, the first farmers had more children, and they couldn't go back to being hunter-gatherers. They had to keep farming, or else they wouldn't have enough food for their kids. And as we go on, you know, the more we have, the more we have to maintain. We have to pay rent in San Francisco, <laughs> and uh it, it doesn't get any cheaper, you know?
2: Uh, that's true. I'm actually reading a book called The Sabbath right now, learning about judaism and one of the concepts in the book like one of the main concepts is like because i would ask you know i would ask my partner like why why is everyone so why are they so obsessed with like Sabbath? why are they so obsessed with dinner like what's going on this one you know night or like from nightfall to nightfall and this book is saying like our like western society is obsessed with possessions and and, and space Basically having a dominion of space, whether that literally be real estate or dominion of like a piece of jewelry or or money or whatever. And what it's offering is dominion of time mm-hmm. and constructing a architecture of time so that because that's really what matters. The memories that you make, you, you don't even remember what people say, but you remember how they make you feel. Yeah. And so I've been learning. A bit about the architecture of time lately
0: yeah and, and no matter how much you have you know you can you can make millions and millions of dollars billions of dollars even own as many things as you as you can but if you can't enjoy those with the time that you have then what do you actually have
2: you know i was seeing i i love you know pretty real estate and i was seeing this property oh my goodness, a, a tech <laughs> CEO had just bought it, seventy million dollars, whatever.
0: Seventy and, million.
2: I don't know. It's like something crazy. Like I, I can't tell properties from thirty to seventy. It's like, what's it? What's the material difference here? Like, what are we buying? Hey, who picks that number? Um, yeah. Who picks that number? Um, and upon what um metric? And i was like i was like wow 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 oh i would love to live here Ooh, look at that closet Ooh, like this bathtub like who picked it like it's just a pure slab of stone and i was you know getting really interested in it then i looked up i won't name the tech ceo but it was a tech ceo (laughs) and um he was he had no it was just him he just lives there just him and, like, I don't know anything about his family. Maybe his family is all around, like, extended family, but he's not married he doesn't have children. And not that that's the epitome of, you know, of of human existence. Like, maybe that house is full of friends and, you know, this or that, but it felt very lonely.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
2: It felt a little lonely. I kind I, of, oh, I looked up more about him, his personal life, or, like, you know, circles he runs in or whatever, and it seems like... No one's no one's stopping by.
0: <laughs> you know, I think the longer you live that sort of lifestyle where that that I assume most CEOs in that, that type of world live in, mm. you 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 almost adapt to it in a way where when you retire or when you sell your company or you know whatever it is to to offload a lot of that responsibility, you lose the ability to enjoy some of the things that I think are very important in life. Like you've spent so much time working that you don't know how to sit down and do nothing. I'm even feeling that a little bit and I can't imagine how some of them feel.
2: I mean, we have, you and I have pretty stressful day to days and we're early on in it enough that we can course correct now, you know? I, I talk to people who are you know further along in it I think that it's harder later I mm. think you're right there's an adaptation that takes place and it's an intention that I'm making lately and exactly what you're talking about taking a requisite amount of time and, re- and sh- empowering down um, can be really hard for people to achieve and when you think achieve you know that's even the wrong word but to get to a state of kind of equilibrium it's very hard for people to to get there if you're adapted to a different you know your adrenaline is running in a different (laughs) direction so right now I'm trying to I guess the whole time that I've you know been working trying to like work against those forces so that at least I can find myself that's a lot of the reason why we're sitting here today
0: yeah and I I don't think it's wrong to characterize that as going for an achievement yeah Like, certainly a lot of people have it as a goal to be able to just slow down a little bit, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, you can keep your, your tech job, you can you can do what you're trying to do, but a little bit slower, you'll be fine.
2: I think so, too. I I'm trying to avoid going, you know, at doing what we do. We do it, you know, 100 miles an hour or whatever. And then when we have off time, it's very easy to just turn into a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Absolute vegetable, turn off my brain, start watching Housewives. Like, and just <laughs> not get up and be under a weighted blanket or whatever. And there's immense, uh, there's immense gratification in that. But I'm trying actually to rest actively and do things that i enjoy like cooking and like working with my hands or uh, i'm trying to g- get into pottery it's so fucking expensive in the city to go to one pottery class every pottery class six hundred dollars
0: wow that's for one session or for is that a series
2: like, for a series i see yeah and we can't commit to a series no so <laughs> A series every tuesday night no
0: Shit.
2: <laughs> and yeah so i'm trying to you know, so, best act so
0: why pottery why did you pick Potter?
2: It's funny, because when I was in high school, that last senioritis semester, I'd finished pretty much all my credits, and I just needed a reason to round out my schedule. And for some weird-ass reason, I chose ceramics. Mm. I tried AP Computer Science. I couldn't get Hello World to print. Mm. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was talking about. Yep. And... Um, I couldn't get it to print. I was so frustrated. And it turns out it was a semicolon that was missing. And I was like, this is not for me. Fuck this. So (laughs) I went to ceramics and I learned um, hand molding. I learned how to throw on a wheel. Uh, I learned how to use a kiln. I learned how to crosshatch so I can like attach a handle to a mug. And all of my projects looked like Shit. Horrible. It's still in my parents' house and my mom keeps it as like a never do this again.
0: Um, Oh, I bet they love it. A parent could it doesn't matter what it looks like. A parent, if they have your your ceramics and they throw it away, then they're like, I I don't know, but they kept your ceramics. They did keep my ceramics. Yeah.
2: I know to glaze. I know it's it's nuts. I graduated high school in what like thirteen years ago and I still, I can, I can, the vocabulary is still there, which is nuts. It was a one semester bullshit class and I, and I actually fell in love with it. So this is not like an Instagram, like, oh my God, I saw it on Instagram. Like, I really want to do it. I, I want to jump back in. So
0: for 13 years, it's been on your (laughs) to-do list. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it's still there. You're still persevering.
2: I don't want to fall into getting a dog. Oh no! You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to get a dog yet. I to, I tell people I'd rather have a baby than have a dog. I'll have a baby first, and then I'm already. Then I'm stuck at home. Then I'll. Then I'll take care of a dog. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you, this the ceramics class is gonna happen now that I know about it. Oh, thanks. We're gonna make the ceramics class happen.
2: Yeah. What? Um. What I, are you up to outside of work?
0: <laughs> well, I i mean, oh, I'm, I'm very, very basic, I must say. Um,
2: Trying to keep healthy.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I go, I go to the gym and probably a lot. Um, I've been doing powerlifting, believe it or not. So That's
2: different than your previous approach to the gym, right?
0: I mean, I think it's... I think a lot of people approach the gym as I have in the past, just to, you know, stay healthy, stay in shape, maybe look a little bit better. But um I got to the point where I was just trying to increase my numbers, you know? Then it becomes weights, a PR. A PR, PR yeah. Blessed. And when you get competitive, you uh you just wanna get higher and higher numbers. So yeah, I mean that's what you're in competition going. with yourself. In competition like. with yourself, exactly. So I've been doing that, listening to my audiobooks, trying to get outside, like see what California has to offer. I'm only, I've only been in the state for about a year now. Yeah. So, um, I think I think there's a lot yet to find out. You know, a lot, a lot yet to see.
2: I'm so happy to hear that. And it was funny that we were talking about animals before, because that actually uh, it's a terrible segue, but segues into my personality test for you. Ooh. Ben, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to ask you a series of four questions. And once we go through the four questions, I will let you know the significance of the four questions or what they reveal about you. Perfect. Great. Very simple. Question number one, what is your favorite color? Green. And why?
0: It's very relaxing, very earthy. You know, you you look at green and you think I'm in a forest. And I'm thinking, like, a very, like, evergreen, like, darker, something you might see, mm. like, in, like, the very thick northern woods of, of like, I don't know, a, a northern, like, I don't know. The Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Love it. It's earthy. It's grounding. hmm Any other way that it makes you feel?
0: Eh, relax. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Love it. Question number two, what is your favorite animal?
0: Ooh, that's a tough one. There's so many great animals out there.
2: So many, and can you tell me some characteristics?
0: You know, I, I think I think I like an animal that, that is social, hmm. you know, like it, it, it hangs out in larger groups of other animals like it, cause I can relate to that a little bit. I'm a social creature myself, you know? I like like hanging out in like a pack. Maybe like if I say a wolf, I feel like every other person who's been in here has said that.
2: No, no, one. no, said that.
0: no one has said that. No,
2: but it's interesting because my first thought was like lone wolf. Yeah, but wolves do run in packs. I don't know what this like lone wolf.
0: It's the exception. It's
2: the exception to the pack yeah. situation. OK, I, I mean,
0: I think it's 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 trying a little too hard. <laughs> you know
2: okay you want to be at a school you want to be in a murder of crows.
0: well no, i'm not well, crows geez no, no 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 i'm not that's what it's crows. called i oh i understand that yeah <laughs> a murder of crows there's a couple other really funny ones i i can't think of them on off the top of my head
2: i i'm trying to think of yeah the two. i
1: can't think of what
2: we can't keep thinking about this all right <laughs> <laughs> we're on air if we weren't we could have sat and thought about it
0: way to submit it to us somehow
2: that's true we should ask chat gpt
0: chat gpt is great Mm -hmm. chat gpt would know i could talk about chat gpt for a while i
2: know you wanted to talk about ai
0: but I think we're we're partway through our our survey still, right? I really our, our need you
2: to tell me what animal. Right,
0: right. Um I'm going to stick with wolf. I I'm okay. surprising myself with that answer, honestly.
2: And why? What are some characteristics about a wolf?
0: Oh, well, I mean it's it's you know, it can run around as large territory. I feel like there's a lot of animals that don't really go very far in their lives. You know, wolf can
2: by like go, square mile
0: you mean Yes, yeah, for square mileage, you know. They they see a lot of the world and that's that's pretty good, you know. It's nice. They 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 get around a little bit.
2: And then what about their social qualities?
0: <laughs> they hang out with other wolves. They it sounds like they they play, they
2: they hunt together. They hunt
0: together. They yeah, they're they look cool.
2: Hmm. No one said the square mileage aspect of it. And it Automatically makes me think of, you know, sharks and that can you imagine that the square mileage that a shark has or like a great white or something, Mm. their migration is like continents wide. Can you imagine?
0: Well, you know, they can't stop moving, right?
2: I know it's, it's, it's incredible.
0: Even in their sleep, they're still swimming. Wild. Yeah.
2: But they're like hitting continents. It's like like they're, they're
0: bumping into them?
2: Yeah, they're they're going warm water, cool water. They must be seeing all these like reefs and shit. I don't know, Ugh, the ocean. I feel like I could talk about the ocean. Probably.
0: Are you suggesting I'm a shark person?
2: No, I just uh, was looking up um, some shark facts as I, as I well do. Mm. I tend to do. Okay, thank you for answering question two. Question three. What is your favorite body of water and why? It doesn't have to be a specific place, but it can be like a bay,
3: Ooh.
2: a stormy ocean.
0: <laughs> Those are stormy oceans are like unnerving.
2: I've heard, I've heard many mm-hmm. answers in this test.
0: I would say like a, a nice like river. Uh-huh. Have, you ever, have you ever listened to River? I- I listen to rivers when I'm working sometimes, like, I'll just put on a video, is just river study sounds, like, background <laughs> noise for, for like, five hours or something.
2: Is it a- what are some characteristics about the river?
0: Ooh, it's, you know, it's like, it's like super clean water, it's probably fresh out of a mountain. Ah. You know, like...
2: How fast is it moving?
0: I mean, like, four miles an hour. Okay, too fast? I was th- I was, so I don't I was know.
2: thinking uh, my answer was the lazy river. The lazy river? Yeah. Well, you're not going to get much noise out of a lazy river. Exactly. So I think I'm a little slower mm-hmm. than than your river.
0: I feel like a lazy river is a little bit warmer, too. That, too. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking
2: of a specific one in Tahoe when I was there. Okay. okay. And what about this, like, you know, conception of this river? That it's always moving? That Yeah. There's a set.
0: I think I just really like the sound of it.
2: The sound. Yeah. Okay. Last question. I ask that you close your eyes. Your imagination can run wild, but here are your parameters.
0: My eyes are closed.
2: You are in a white room. Describe the room. Oh, sorry. It has no (laughs) windows, no doors. Describe the room and how you feel in it.
0: Oh, that's unsettling. It's it's like, <laughs> that's part of an answer. It's like, and if you think of a white room like that, you're in like a straight jacket. There's like fluorescent light, <laughs> and is this making me a crazy person? I don't know. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's that's what you're telling me, mm-hmm. right? Like a white room.
2: Yeah, no I'm, windows, no doors. There's like
0: padding. Like you get fed like like you know whatever gruel. What I'm assuming the hospital is. I'm in like eating me oh not pleasant i gotta say like when is my my wolf creature in the river gonna come save me (laughs) okay yeah
2: all right you can open your eyes now (laughs) okay we're gonna go backwards all right so we just talked about the white room you described it as being unnerving you were automatically uncomfortable your brain went to a to a padded room essentially yeah and the test while nothing is accurate it is a jumping off point is how you approach death
0: oh no do you think it's accurate or not absolutely i was having absolutely (laughs) seriously i cannot stand death ah it's terrifying i don't want to die yeah i i mean like dying sucks Totally. I mean, I I think there's a lot of people out there who would say like, "Oh, I'm, I don't care. Like, I'm okay to die. I just want to live my life, and I'll die peacefully." But like, dying sucks. I mean, I've dealt with family members who had, you know, they were older age, slow death, whatever. But it it was really unfortunate, really sad. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay,
2: that tracks. I've heard um, so many different answers to this. Uh, and one of perplexion like I'm perplexed I'm I'm I want to take a sledgehammer I want to get out of here <laughs> And mine was like, have you ever watched SpongeBob? Yeah do you know when they get into a time machine and they try to go to year 3,000 or whatever and then they break the elevator that goes there and squidward basically gets lost in limbo. So he gets out of this... He stumbles out of the elevator and at first starts, like, freaking out and goes up, like, close to the camera or whatever and starts freaking out, whatever, and then realizes SpongeBob and Patrick are not there anymore and that he's totally and utterly at peace. (laughs) And he has this, this, like, indelible illustration in my mind of, like, he's like, I'm alone.
1: alone, 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 alone.
2: And he eventually accepts his circumstances. And I, when someone did this test on me, I immediately was like Squidward. I'm Squidward. That would be my. You're Squidward. My approach. So you're
0: at peace with it.
2: At first, I'd be like freaking out and confused and, and trying to figure out what happened. But then knowing that just so much is not in my control. It would be of pure uh, acceptance. But that's uh, me and my living body thinking that.
0: Thank goodness. All those people you knew while alive are gone. Oh my God. At least they're gone. (laughs)
2: At least SpongeBob and Patrick are gone. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. You described a river. Mm. And this body of water describes your approach to romance.
0: To romance? All right
2: does that track
0: this is just confusing to me so i was <laughs> I was saying like it's like clear like spring water from like like a mountainous like area like you know nature
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i'm 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 struggling to see the connection
2: that's fair the source is a knowable source it's pure it's it's moving
0: I'm starting to see some like a noble pure romance it's very Disney (laughs) very Disney
2: well to give a little bit of um to give a little perspective I said I said Lazy River and it was like it's going at its own pace but it's always moving and always changing and it keeps it fresh by like always circulating yeah but so perhaps that could be applicable
0: <laughs> I, that's that's fair that's <laughs> certainly fair i like this psychoanalysis here yeah i mean exactly. uh, my romances move at four miles an hour there we go it's a it's a brisk brisk walk you know, oh, power walking really love it yeah for I, sure I power walking into my romances
2: <laughs> okay good all right you described a wolf this is how other people Ugh, see you.
0: Yeah, they see me as a wolf.
2: Hmm. Would someone
3: agree?
0: Would someone agree? You uh, can tell I me.
2: Hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yes, I can. I can totally see it. I think okay. that you are a social creature. Yeah. I think that you love uh, people, collaborating with people. Uh, I think you bring everyone's ideas together. But when it's time to execute, you are, you can run. You can do it.
0: Well, I very much appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Oh, you can, you can execute. And a lot of the times I imagine, of course, like you have oversight in what you do, but like you're, a lot of people rely on you and you take that responsibility seriously.
0: Well, what did you pick? An elephant. An elephant.
2: Mm. When you said, I'm, I'm looking for a social creature. Yeah. That's where I was coming from as well.
0: Elephants are so smart. They're so smart. And they, they are social. They, they also stop on people. Good. But, Stay yeah. away. <laughs> yeah.
2: They, uh, they have families. They're matriarchal. Mm. They bury their dead. They... Are are depressed beyond measure if their calf gets separated or dies. Yeah, they cry. They have very long memories. Their trunks can pick up a a tree trunk or a little daffodil. They're versatile uh, and can't be tamed.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. You gave a great advertisement for elephants right there.
2: Really? You know, elephants have such a huge um, role to play in Indian culture, yeah. in, in, the, in Indian mythology. And I've always, you know, Ganesha, that that image is pretty indelible in our culture. So that always was kind of like in my brain. I'm like, this is, who thought of this? This is... Wild, it's out there. And, uh, but it's representing how revered that animal is in the, in the culture. Yeah. It's, it's uh, at a different time, the birth of Ganesha, the myth, mythological birth, which it's funny because if you like Greek mythology, if you were looking to get into other cultures, Indian mythology is a, an awesome second jump. Because uh, the stories are as fantastical and and interesting uh, but the birth of Ganesha if you're listening a pretty good a pretty good one. His dad is Shiva. Ooh. people don't know that or like you wouldn't think okay I, talk I'm, about like, being about born being. into a pretty good spot exactly now see now i'm like explaining it I, maybe at some other time okay <laughs> that was that's why i picked elephants okay last one
0: but agreed by the way totally could be a great elephant
2: yeah do you think
0: yeah i mean i track? think well okay elephants <laughs> also have like other connotations to them like what well i mean okay it's not great connotations why what is it they're just very big i wouldn't
2: even think of that (laughs) i wouldn't
0: even i mean first of all you do not have that at all i'm not thinking physicality bad well i'm sorry i'm yeah i'm not a like a furry wolf either like that's like
2: (laughs) you're like i'm a lean mean fighting machine
0: (laughs) no i mean but like okay if you said someone was a pig like oh yeah that's horrible that's horrible yeah that's
2: true i guess like there are certain animals where like, the first thing you think is like, that's not a nice thing to compare someone to. But
0: pigs are very smart, too. But pigs
2: are so smart, so social. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than the physicality, does it track with what you know of my personality?
0: <laughs> the You have the brain of an elephant.
2: Yo, I wish. I wish. I think I'm emotional like an elephant, for sure, and uh, social. But uh, I think that my memory... It's just probably because I smoked way too much weed in my early 20s is an uphill battle. That being said, we've taken a lot of exams in life and I'm still here, but... (laughs) You know, I'm
0: sure sure (laughs) if elephants had access to that much weed, they would probably also have the same struggles, so...
2: Well, when you get to the second half of your book, let me know if they come up.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly.
2: What's your favorite plant-animal interaction that you've read thus far?
0: Ooh... Um, there was a big one about moths, a certain type of moth that laid their egg in like, I don't the like, cocaine how this plant. Is no, in no, the cocaine plant, uh, coca leaves, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like literally that moth, I think it was, I think it was a moth is completely immune to the effects of, of cocaine. While most animals do still have that, that stimulating effect. But that that animal, because its eggs are just born into that situation, Mm. don't. And there was a whole, like, they they eat it, by the way. They, like, completely consume it. Consume what? The plant. The plant. Yeah. Mm. So there was going to be a whole, and they, they decided not to do this, thank goodness, because, well, let me get into what it is. They were going to use this moth or release this moth as essentially a bioweapon against drug dealers in South America. So over these illicit coca farms, they were going to release these moths and effectively, like, destroy the fields that would destroy the crops. And what are they going to do? It's moths.
2: And moths eat them and then also lay their eggs. If they lay their eggs, then it's screwed.
0: Well, if they lay their eggs, presumably the baby moths will eat the plants oh, too. Okay. So it would have effectively been this enormous bioweapon against against cocaine in South America. But historically, like if you look back at other times, there've been mass releases of animals in different, you know, biospheres than they're normally in, different ecologies. It can really warp the ecosystem. Totally. So, that was a really interesting story.
2: I can imagine that a biologist or ecologist that knows a particular biome really well and if a bunch of them come together and they're like, "Okay, let's release this thing." Mother nature's so it's so wildly strong but then also so delicate. You don't mm. know what's going to trip it off. I've read all kinds of stories where, you know, you introduce like an algae and then the whole the whole thing is gonna turn upside down. A whole lake would, yeah. would change its ecology or like, God forbid, don't watch Sea That really messed with me because if we keep fishing bluefin tuna who are huge.
0: Yeah, they're enormous. They're enormous. They're bigger than us.
2: They're bigger than us. They're they're humongous that if you keep fishing them, apex predators, like they are, you know, quite High on the food chain. They said something like by 2040, this, the, based on the food supply getting bananas, that the ocean is going to turn into a swamp by 2040.
0: You heard it here first, guys, on BFFFM. Get your tuna now while you still can.
2: Don't get your tuna now. Stop eating tuna. That's what the point is. (laughs) Everyone keeps saying that, okay, we got to stop eating beef uh, because of the ethanol or methane production. But, and then they're like, okay, I'll just eat fish. It's fine. You're turning the ocean into a swamp. That's what Spearcy is saying.
0: You're also actually consuming too much mercury.
2: Oh, yeah. But then why? I mean, cultures that eat seafood primarily have incredibly long lifespans.
0: Well, I think the mercury thing is a more recent phenomenon Yikes. i mean i need to I need to understand like if we're thing. worried about that, like microplastics there's a whole nother thing too, oh so.
2: that really stresses me out. microplastics um, and I just stress out for like a second and then I have to like let it go, okay, your yeah. last question, yeah, was what was your favorite color, and you said kind of a Pacific Northwestern green.
0: <laughs> I think I just need to go to the Pacific Northwest. All my answers.
2: I know, right? Uh, yeah, you'll <laughs> get to your river, you'll get to your wolf. <laughs> and this is the way that you see yourself. I love it. Yeah?
0: That's great. I wish I could be more that way. I'm, I'm in the concrete jungle now, you know? For now. For now. But... I don't know. I, I think I'm too, I need people around me too much in order to really get right. into that, like, you know, in touch with nature life.
2: Hmm. Have you always been super in touch with nature
0: <laughs> or wanting to be? It would be great. You know, I'm not going to be, um, you know, the guy who, who moved over to Alaska and he died out in the wilderness. You heard that story? Yeah. There's,
2: well, that's such a general description. Well,
0: it was a it was a big deal when it happened. It happened. I, it, this this guy graduated college. As soon as he graduated, he like picked up and just hitchhiked across the country. Like, didn't didn't really get a steady job. He just like, you know, lived a a, a vagrant life in in the world, and decided one day that he's just gonna move to the the wilds of Alaska. After, after having some significant experience, like, you know, in some pretty rural places around California, like he would go like weeks without talking to people kind of thing. Like he would just be out there Mm -hmm. and he did it in Alaska for a while and eventually he died in the wilds of Alaska. His family never knew where he was. Like he'd been missing for years. Missing for years. Well, his family thought he was missing. Like, other people around him are like, I don't know who this guy is or where he came from, you know? What
2: year was this? Like, oh. was this in the 70s or is this something I think more
0: it recent? was the 90s. 90s or 2000s, or the aughts.
2: Why do people know about this?
0: There's a whole book about it. I th- I'm not sure if there was a movie. I think it was a book,
2: though. He didn't talk to anybody. How did anyone know his story? Maybe he was like Walden and he kept...
0: Well, he, he admired um, the the guy who wrote Walden. Um, there was a whole like journal thing, a lot of news about it. It was a big deal. Damn. Yeah.
2: Okay, so I get, I understand that you don't want to go. I'm not going to do
0: that. No.
2: But you do want to get in touch with nature more.
0: You know, it's it's one of those like long-term dreams to just take a couple months and hike the Pacific Coast Trail, like. Or the or the Appalachian Trail, whatever trail it is. Conquer conquer nature a little bit, but you know, but experience it. Experience it yeah, along conquer. the way. I, I don't wanna I'm not taking it over, no. It's it's <laughs> it's not my nature.
2: You know, I was in Hawaii last year and I was there with a group of people who spent a lot of their childhood in Hawaii and learned how to swim on this one beach and they were really connected. To the island it was on it was in Hana uh, and if you take the road to Hana which is a simultaneously kind of treacherous uh, at times drive uh, but the most beautiful site in the world you get to the other side of the island uh, it's it's an it's a beautiful place and I was with people who had spent their childhood running around Hana And the way that he described this beach was with a connection to nature that I don't think I had met, like I've read books about people that are like this, but he said it in a way he described how like the winds would change and how how that would affect the undercurrent of the bay. So if he were to swim out at certain times of the month that he would swim like more to the west... This or that, and I was just like listening to him, thinking, "How the fuck do you know this? How do you know this? This is crazy. That's how could I look at this and see all kinds of other systems and weather patterns to affect my experience here?" And he knew it, like the back of his hand.
0: That is the natural state of humans, Mm, isn't it? We've we am, I keep we keep going back in time here. You know, it's (laughs) it's literally like, what were we supposed to be like? Before we lived in cities and in the 30-foot building, 30-story uh, buildings, you know, we, we could tell what nature was. We didn't have shoes. like
2: Yeah. That's how he, that's the way that he was. It was so, so interesting to watch him, uh, to watch him talk about it. And he was like, there were battles fought and fought on this beach. And wow. I was like, I looked around the beach and this pristine, you know, it wasn't, it's not connected to any resort. It's, you know, you walk up to it or you walk down, down to it, actually. And I was like, why would anyone fight here? <laughs> and how can you imagine just like coming up on the beach, trying to freaking kill people? Like, it sounds like Normandy, but I don't know. I was there and I, I was like, there's, there there are actual and before the fighting or before like colonizers came, the beach was a uh, was a burial ground. And so wow. there are human like remains under the sand. And so that's why they can't build a lot of stuff because they'll uh, disrupt disrupt sacred land. It's just like fabulous. It's amazing to hear how human beings have interacted kindly to their environment and then not so kindly. I'm
0: shocked that the sand stays in place well enough to bury people there. I know right. Wow. I'm they
2: they have to they have to be burying them quite deep. Yeah. They keep trying to make structures and they keep running into like it's sacred remains, right? remains and so they can't
0: they can't. And you have no idea how long people have been on the island like it could be generations and generations. We just don't no know No idea.
2: About. And so I went I, I was in the water and my dad with somebody who really made me afraid of the beach and it's because he's afraid of the beach he'll he'll he would say that readily he was always warning us about a riptide and and that the ocean is a scary place et cetera. Et cetera. and the ocean is a scary place it, it can be but uh it's very different from an approach of somebody who is not afraid of the beach and yeah. is not afraid of of the ocean and sees it as a plentiful place to play and Uh, enjoy and so I was with these people that would like allow me to do that and it was a I interacted with the beach in a way that I've never I've never before I went very very deep very deep with no surfboard or kick you know kickboard or anything and I was just floating so salty that I was you know it wasn't very hard for me to stay in the surface and I just body surfed and went under waves and like you're just i don't know i felt the cyclical nature of it and when i went to sleep that night i i dreamt of waves the cyclical nature of waves yeah it's so cool
0: that did you find that relaxing i've had that before it it it, you can get kill for that level of relaxation (laughs) and visualization
2: i was i felt so lucky
0: yeah oh that's fantastic i've I don't think I've ever been scared of the ocean. Really? No, but it sometimes it's not always that nice. I haven't been to Hawaii myself. I mean, I gotta go at some point. You, you have to tell me where this beach is. You're
1: in
2: California now. Now it's
0: it's right there.
2: It's a you know it's five hours, but it's like a
0: it's may as well be across the street.
2: You you could make it. People on the East Coast, you'd be able to go to Europe in the same time as as Hawaii it's just interesting when I talk to my east coast friends the ways that you know they spend their time and when I was a kid not in Hawaii uh, yeah like that's very far that's like going to freaking Australia like
0: yeah yeah I mean the equivalent is Florida which I mean yeah how's that (laughs) (laughs) not Hawaii I mean it's I think it's buggier that's you know that's funny when I moved to San Francisco there's no bugs here no 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 mosquitoes here there are no mosquitoes in San... I've never seen, like... No bugs have ever run into my face. There's no swarms of flies. Even in, like, the messier areas, you know? Like, yeah, maybe it's the wind, but, like...
2: I'm not sure. I, I When I go to New York to visit yeah. my sister and stuff, there are flies everywhere. Yeah. And, and it's not that there isn't trash on San Francisco streets. There is. But I'm not... Yeah, I'm not really...
0: No one ever talks about that. Uh, Yeah. I've never heard anyone mention that before.
2: Uh, I think that people are just mentioned like other remains on the streets. But uh, when I first moved to the city and I have eight years, have never stepped in, uh, stepped in shit. And it's because I learned very early on, you cannot walk with your head straight or looking Mm. up. You have to walk with your eyes looking down.
0: I mean, I've only been here one year.
2: Yeah. How's that been going? I
0: don't yeah. think I have. If I have, it's... I think I would notice, right? There's no totally. way I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. I don't. I haven't then. <laughs> I've certainly gotten close. To everyone's gotten close. Yeah.
2: You need a friend like you, a friend like me, that gently pushes people one way. Back. Out of the way.
0: Yeah. yeah. You got to walk with a, a buddy. No, don't
2: know. It's a cooperation, system. you know, a cooperation to get around the city. The cooperation I don't mind.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love I actually really like walking around the city.
2: You walk a lot.
0: I do walk a lot. I walked here. Yeah. And I mean, it's not best neighborhood, but it's definitely like it's it's something I would I would totally walk past here again. I think I've run past here before actually.
2: Wow. That's yeah. Good. I'm glad that you have come today. I'm glad that you came on the show. Yeah. And we hope to have you back.
0: Absolutely. It's been fantastic.
2: Oh, thanks, Ben. You're Thank listening you. to BFF.FM. This is Sun for You.